A reading from the Gospel according to John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognise him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The Gospel of the Lord. Word become flesh. Right. I want three words for people to look out for this morning, okay? So if, if you're there and you want to take just a few notes, okay? So if some of those uh, younger kids amongst us, sorry, I've got to stand still, taking just a few notes, three words. I want you to look out for three words. They're key words. You've got to be able to show them to mum or dad, whoever loves you and cares for you at home at the end, all right? What are those three key words? And bonus, if you can say what they mean. Fantastic. All right, now, I really enjoy Marvel superhero movies. They're fantastic. You know, Iron Man, The Avengers, Thor. I love the action. I love the comedy. And, of course, the superheroes. But one thing that I really love about these, particularly in the Marvel Infinity Saga, is the little post-credit scene that we see. It happens in these movies and it's just a small short scene during the credits. Gives us a little snippet. It's very short and gives us a glimpse of what's ahead or it starts to explain something that has come before. It doesn't give everything away, but it leaves us wanting more and wonder, wondering what might happen or how things all connect together. Now, the more of the series that you watch, the more that you understand and the more that you want to see those and you're waiting to see those post-credit scenes. Now, the post-credit concept kind of bookends the individual movies, but it also ties the 23 films together of the Infinity Saga, which makes up one big story. Now, this is a little bit like what we've just seen at the conclusion of our series in Judges. The book finishes, as we saw last week, within those dailies, Israel had no king. And everyone did as they saw fit. This little post-credit scene gives us some insight into what was coming. Judges are done. Kings are coming. The end of one era, the start of another. We start to wonder what that's going to look like 
But we also see how this little post-credit scene bookends Judges itself. It connects back with the opening of Judges, which started with an announcement of Joshua's death, which actually connects back to the start of the book of Joshua, which was an announcement of Moses' death, and so on and so forth. Interconnected snippets of the one big story. The story of God saving a people for himself through Jesus Christ. On the website Desiring God, the author Glenn Scriver outlines a helpful frame of reference for us when seeing Christ throughout the Old Testament. He talks about patterns, promises, and presence. Now, if you're writing down three key words, these are key words, but not the three key words from our passage today. A little bit of a trick. Patterns, promises, and presence. From creation to flood, the Passover, Exodus, promised land, judges, kings and kingdoms, prophets and priests, the temple, its sacrifices, rituals, words of wisdom, songs of lament and rejoicing, the Old Testament is Jesus-shaped through patterns, promises, and his presence. Now, both the Old Testament and New Testament work together to help us gain a greater understanding of this one big story, the story of our universe. For example, if we came to this passage this morning without a basic understanding of Genesis, of the creation story, what John's saying here would seem a little bit weird. It takes me back to my Marvel Infinity Saga. You see, in the final Marvel film of the Infinity Saga, as the credits started to roll, there was a lot of anticipation for what the post credit scene would be, what it would look like as we wrapped up one saga and looked to the next. But there was no scene at all. Nothing. Disappointment. It was just some weird clanging sound. Now, those who know anything about Marvel or a little bit obsessed with it would know that this was actually a very important sound because it actually was a sound that was throwing right back to the very first movie in the series, the very first movie in the saga. The sound was of the main character, Tony Stark, as he was making his first Iron Man suit. Now that sound in the final film was there to make you look back and get a better understanding of how it all tied together. Our passage here this morning in John is a little bit like that. See, in verse 14, in these 14 verses, we are reaching right back to the creation of the world and also looking forward to the eternal recreation of the new heaven and the new earth. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was there in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him, Nothing was made that had been made. You see, Jesus was, is, and will always be. The start of this gospel shows us that Jesus was present 
from the very beginning of the world. John is starting his gospel squarely setting the focus on the who of Jesus. Jesus was not just there in the beginning. He was involved. He was involved in creating the world. John is not saying that Jesus was from God, but that Jesus is God. He's not saying that Jesus was a good man, but he was a perfect man. Jesus, fully man and fully God. We started singing meekness and majesty, manhood and deity, the man who is God. For John's original audience, this bold statement in these 14 verses was a clear declaration to the reader that Jesus was the promised Messiah, the promised King. Now, as we said in the beginning, is a deliberate and striking connection back to Genesis 1, which is immediately recognisable. In the beginning was the word. The word here is logos, the phrase used for the creator of the universe or the creative energy used to create the universe. It was through logos, through the word, that the world was created. Now, Logos meant a great deal to the Jews throughout history and throughout scripture, but also to the Gentiles. To the Jew, Logos appears in scripture in various ways describing God. To the Gentile, Logos was familiar to them through philosophy as a principle of reason and logic. It's where we get our word ology today. You see, with this one word, John very very well captures the attention of this mixed audience and then he just blows them out of the water not only was the word there in the beginning not only was it with god but it was god we're getting a glimpse here into the reality of the trinity father son and spirit three persons one god Verse 3, all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that has been made. This word is God. This word is the creator. According to Genesis 1, God's word and spirit are the means God produces, forms, and fills all things. God the Father, through the word, speaks creation into existence. To say God created by his word and spirit is another way of saying that God creates by himself and through himself. Just imagine the minds of the Jews and the Gentiles reading this or hearing this. Just as in Genesis, it doesn't start with an argument for God's existence, just a statement, nor does John's gospel start with an argument. He just states, this is who Jesus is. Boom. Minds blown. Jesus present and involved with the Father and the Spirit in creating the world. Jesus active in creation. That doesn't stop there. Jesus is now 
flesh. That's what John's saying. He was there at the beginning. He was there in creation. And he's here now as a man. Manhood and deity in one. Now, this can just roll off our tongue or we can just let it pass us by without it really impacting us. The majesty of God, the power of God, the creative force in a man. What a mystery. But a mystery that is made known to us and a fulfilment of the promises of God. Jesus, the only acceptable sacrifice to take away the punishments for our sin and defeat death and give us life everlasting. This is Jesus. Verse 4, in him was life. And the life was the light of men. You see, in Genesis, once again, we see that the breath of life was given to Adam. And here in John, we see that word became flesh in Jesus. And he now brings new life. In Jesus is life. Jesus is the life giver. Later in the Gospel of John, in chapter 11, we see Jesus speaking to Martha after Lazarus' death. And he says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Through believing in him, you receive life, not just physical life, not just temporal life, but eternal life. It's through Jesus' manhood that he is able to take the punishment for sin, to face death. He lived a perfect life. He was a sacrifice, the only sacrifice that was acceptable. Jesus defeated death and brings life eternal because he is God. Jesus, fully man, fully God, walking on earth, bringing light into a darkened world. Now, recently I shared with my boys a rule that I remember from when I was a little kid. In my house, I remember that we had the rule that if you wanted to have ice cream, you had to go and get it for yourself. Now, while that might sound like a really good rule and pretty easy, it was something that you actually had to psych yourself up for. You see, in my house, we had two freezers. We had the upstairs freezer and we had the downstairs one. The downstairs one was the real challenge. And that's where the ice cream was kept. You see, it was in darkness. The light switch for the downstairs area was also on the opposite wall of where the steps were. So you had to face the fear of the darkness to actually get to the light. But once you flipped on that light, how amazing did you feel? You could see things clearly. You could see the freezer. The exact location of the ice cream was obvious and the prize was yours. You see, that light overcame the darkness. Light is a really powerful concept. We reach for the light switch when we enter a dark room. We build knowledge and understanding to shed light on things to enlighten us light permeates into every crack and crevice whether visible tangible or metaphorical light is powerful 
And John describes Jesus here as the light. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. Theologian D.A. Carson believes that through this phrase here in John 1, John wants us to understand this light in two ways. Firstly, through physical creation, a connection back with Genesis, light for the world. But also, light as revelation. John wants us to see that the one who brought into the being of light through creation is the very same one who brings recreation through enlightenment. The one who brought physical light and life is the one who brings eternal light and life through enlightenment and revelation. This is John's very purpose for writing his gospel account. We see this in John 20, 31. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. In John chapter 8, Jesus calls himself the light. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. This statement is rooted in Jesus' relationship with his father. Jesus speaks from God and for God as God. Apart from Jesus, we live in darkness. Jesus' light reveals the darkness so we can see it plainly. Jesus came as a man into a world of darkness. The darkness did not overcome him. You see, Jesus is the word become flesh. Jesus is life, both created and eternal. And Jesus is light, both created and and revealed down to verse 6 there was a man sent from god whose name was john now we come across a little issue here and it's an issue that we sometimes have in our connect group see in connect west we have two bens and we have two johns and here in this passage we have two johns John, who wrote this gospel account, the Apostle John, and one of Jesus' disciples, and the second John, who is commonly known as John the Baptist, who was a prophet, one who witnessed about the light and who announced the coming of the true light. He was not the light, but came there to witness about the light. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. John the Baptist is bearing witness to the light. He reflects the light. Think back to Genesis and as Ellie talked to us about in the kids' talk, light was created to govern day and night. But the moon can only be seen as light as a result of reflecting the sun's light. It doesn't produce a light of its own. John the Baptist is not sent to be the light but to reflect that light. Friends, Christ's light reveals the darkness in us and we are called to then reflect his light to others. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was coming into the world. 
And though the world was made through him, the world did not know him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive, who believe in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, or of the will of man, but of God. In this short paragraph, the Apostle John is reminding us of the promise of salvation. One much greater than the salvation of Israel experienced in any battles in the Old Testament. This is deliverance not just from a national enemy, it's a deliverance from evil, from death. And this deliverance is not just a rescue from darkness and a glimpse of light, but it is ongoing life apart from darkness through the possession of the light and of life everlasting to be with Christ forever. This is an invitation, an invitation to have life, life eternal with God, not life eternal without him. This word which brings life and light was flesh. Verse 14, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we have seen his glory, glory as the only son from the father, full of grace and truth. You see, the word which created recreates us. The light which was created enlightens us so we can see clearly. And the life that was given as humans on this earth, we can live forever with God, eternally, in the new heaven and the new earth. Word, light and life in God, in man, through Jesus. God in human flesh sent from the Father to redeem a people for himself. Part of one big story. But Jesus came to that which was his own and his own did not receive him. Friends, there are many who don't receive him. Jesus comes to that which he created and is rejected by it. Yet those who do receive, those who are called and who respond, we have the right to become children of God. If you don't know Jesus as your saviour, this offer is being given. An offer from God to be with him forever. An offer of forgiveness, an offer of enlightenment, 
an offer of true life. As we look from Genesis, we see Jesus there. As we flip through the pages of scripture, we see this one interconnected story. We see the patterns, we see the promises, and we see the presence of Jesus. As we look forward, we see the fulfillment of these. In Revelation 19, John writes of the vision of the second coming of Christ. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but himself. He is dressed in a robe dipped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. Christ is coming again. He is the true judge. He is the true king. He is the Word of God. The Saviour returning as promised. As we stand here today, we look forward. Let us be encouraged by this one big interconnected story of the universe. But let us also be challenged. Let us be challenged like John the Baptist to reflect the light of Christ and to lead others to the saving work of the cross. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for the Son. We thank you for the Word, whom through all things were created. The Word which became flesh and walked on this earth to give life and light. Jesus, who recreates us through the revelation of light and gives us everlasting life. Jesus, forgive us. Forgive me for not being in awe of you. Help us to be reminded once more this morning of the depth of your grace, the breadth of your love, and help us to reflect your light in the world where it can sometimes feel like darkness is overcoming us. Help us to speak words of life to those who surround us. Encourage us as we look forward to the day when we will see you coming, the true judge, the true king, the word of God, the saviour returning as promised. Amen.